You are listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. For more information about our church, please visit www.hopechurchipswich.net. So we are going to talk about community today. So we're going to be looking at Acts 2. Um, so if you want to turn there, it will be on the screen as well. But we're a growing church. We've seen our numbers uh, double maybe in the last three years, which is fantastic. We're, we're believing God to continue that growth. Uh, we want to obviously buy a new building so we can see us grow and to become uh, a real lighthouse in this, uh, this town where people notice there is a church that are loving this town, doing what we can to serve this town, lifting up the name of Jesus. How do we manage and encourage that growth? How do we love people in that growth? Well, we're just going to look at Acts 2 and the classic passage, uh, which is verses 42 to 47, before we get going. I've got loads to pack in today, so I might, might have to sort of sprint through some of this. 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all, as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people And the Lord added to their number, day by day, those who were being saved. So we're going to pray. Father, we just thank you so much for being with us in worship. Thank you for directing our hearts to you. Lord, you want to settle our wayward hearts. You want to settle our weary and tired hearts. We thank you so much. That's the kind of Father you are. You come and say, come and let me embrace you. Let me look after you. We're just so grateful. Lord, we want to grow as a church. We want many more souls in Ipswich to know this Father that we know. And I pray that you would speak to us today about how we might do that together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So this church is the early early church here. This passage is really what we want to be replicating as a church. I mean, to put it simply, this is what we're aiming for. That the church started and they saw incredible things. They met together around, they devoted themselves to teaching of the Bible. That's what we want to do. They, they, that teaching of the Bible included uh, breaking bread, and, and, and that is communion. That's focusing on the gospel of what Jesus has done through the cross. That's what we want to do. Everything we do wants to be uh, around the gospel, what Jesus has done. All comes on every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done. We want to see God move in power. We're asking God for miracles so to do things that would display his glory in this town. They met together uh, in, the ha- in homes and all uh, in, in public meetings like this and in homes. We want to do that. We want to be a community together, living lives day by day together. And we really want to see our numbers added to, not for our sake, but because we want to see lost people found. We want to see lost people finding their home in Jesus. So this is really what we want to replicate. And we're going to look quickly about how the, for the, the early church grew. But before we do that, <laughs> jumping around a little bit, it's important for us, and I'm sure many, many of us don't need this uh, explaining to us, but God says in Genesis, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for us to be alone. We're made to be in community. And uh, we know the effects of being isolated, and many of us could even feel that coming into this room. It's sometimes we feel the most lonely in a crowd, don't we? Because we think, I'm in a crowd full of people who don't know me, and I don't really know them. 
And I think in our society it's getting worse because we connect so easily on social media. We can say, look, I can count my friends. Look, at, I've got 641 friends. But yet we don't actually know many of them in the way that we would know true community. And it's a, it's a bit of an age where we're growing more and more isolated, that every man's home is his castle. I will stand in here, I'll look after this, but I won't maybe invest in other lives or let other people know the true me. What are the consequences of isolation? I wonder if you've ever seen, I'm sure you have, those wildlife documentaries. They're fantastic. I mean, what I find quite funny is that one week, we will be watching the one about the zebra and the zebra's family. And we'll be seeing the lions come. We think, get away from those horrible lions. Run, run. The next week, we'll watch the one about the lions. And we'll see them grow. And we'll think, get that zebra. Get him. Kill him. <laughs> Depends which one you're watching. But what happens with lions as they're trying to, to get to the zebras is that they will separate the herd. And they'll dwindle down the herd until there is one isolated zebra. And then they will pounce and devour that zebra. And it's completely the same with us. The Bible says, Peter says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The consequence of isolation is massive danger. We set ourselves up to lose. We have seen this many times. I'm sure many of you have seen this. Maybe many of you know this to be true for yourself. And the, the, the truth is that we often pull away ourselves. We isolate ourselves. Maybe we've behaved in a way where we feel a bit of shame and we think those people won't care what I'm going through. They maybe won't agree with my stance or something. They won't understand me or maybe they won't approve and we actually detach ourselves. We step back. We maybe stop coming on a Sunday or we stop going to our group. We just think, I don't want to be in that, that community and we isolate ourselves. And Tom has read this quote to us before by a man called Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a a Christian during the Second World War. Uh, I won't go into the story, but he says this. Sin demands to have a man by himself. It withdraws him from the community. The more isolated a person is, the more destructive will be the power of sin over him. And the more deeply he becomes involved in it, the more disastrous is his isolation. Sins want to remain unknown. Sin wants to remain unknown. It shuns the light. In the darkness of the unexpressed, it poisons the whole being of a person. This can happen even in the midst of a pious community. Even in the middle of a a group of church, uh, Jesus-loving people, trying to look towards Jesus, this can happen. And as we just said, you may, some of you, feel yourself. Yeah, I don't really feel like I'm very well-known here. We want that to end. (laughs) I think it's a massive, massive grace on my life that actually I've grown up in church community. I know I've made stupid, terrible decisions, and yet community have brought me back in, put me back on track, kept me safe from going down a dangerous, isolated road. I'm so grateful for the grace of God on my life that is the community of the church. Make no mistake, before somebody gets devoured, they get isolated. People detach themselves. And we want to look at this and say, how can we avoid this? And I think in a big crowd, it's so easy to get lost. And imagine how it was for the first church. As we see in Acts, in the, in the first few chapters, the church explodes onto the scene. I mean, it really explodes onto the scene. Jesus, raised from the dead, appears to many people for a 40-day period and then ascends. And at that time, there are about 120 believers. 
in the whole world. 120 believers. That's not many more than we have in the room now. Do you look around you and think, a few more than this, we could really impact this town. We could really impact this country. We could impact the world. No, probably not. Probably look around us and think, ooh, there's only a few of us, and there's thousands out there. How are we going to do that? And yet, that's exactly what happened. Only 120, and we still know the effects of that early church today. We still are hoping to replicate that early church today. Not just on meetings like this, but actually uh, in the world. Throughout the world, in different secular communities, there'll be names that have come from biblical names. There'll be names of cities and streets. that Even the date is based on, the, on Jesus Christ. Christianity has completely changed the globe, and it started with these 120 believers. But that's not my point. I'm kind of getting lost here. What actually happened? Let's just go through the story. 120 people. And in Acts 2.41, Peter preaches and 3,000 souls are added to them. 3,000 in one day added. And then Acts 47 says, as we read, people were added to their number day by day. Just recognize there it doesn't say Sunday by Sunday. Day by day. As they lived in community, people were added to them. We're going to come on to this later, but we believe that we're called to be a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. So that actually this is not the church on Sundays, and we also have groups midweek. But we, we are a community of believers who meet on Sunday. Okay, It's not that this is church. And we'll come on to that. They saw numbers added to them day by day. Acts 4 says that as they continued to preach the gospel, many believed and another 5,000 men were added. Now, in those days when they counted officially, they would count men and they wouldn't count women and children. That's just how they did it then. So actually, we could, I think, we could guess, and it wouldn't be an exaggeration, that maybe 10,000 were added, women and children as well. It could be more. So you've had 3,000 souls, and I'm giving them the benefit there that souls will mean everybody. I don't know, maybe it didn't. Then, then maybe 10,000 more were added. And then in Acts 5.14, it says that more than ever, so more than the previous two were added. Multitudes believed. So they stopped counting by now. Oh, I give up. Can't count all this. There's too many. And I've heard people say that this could be up to 100,000 people added to the early church. I'm going to con- be a bit more conservative and say, let's say it's 50,000. Because we know, okay, maybe 10, 15, it's growing. It's tens of thousands, maybe 50,000. One of the reasons that people say it could be 100,000 is because in Acts 5, 28, the apostles get arrested and they get accused of filling Jerusalem with their teaching. Jerusalem with a population of 200,000. And they're told, you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. So it could be as much as 100,000 people have been added. But let's say 50,000 have been added. How on earth do you care for 50,000 people? How would you maintain health and understanding and community in such huge numbers? Well, there's a hint from Jesus himself. He didn't say, people will know you're my disciples by the signs and wonders. He didn't actually say it, did he? He said, people will know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. We know that God has called us to be community that love one another, that we take each other's burdens Now, we know also there's a healthy responsibility that we take for ourselves. If you look in Galatians 6, it talks about having, yes, a healthy responsibility for yourself, that you carry your own load, but you share each other's burdens. 
That's not a contradiction. That's saying that there's health in both of those things. We're not here to say, I'm not going to take responsibility for myself. The leaders need to do that. Or my small group leaders need to do that. Or everyone else needs to do that. No, you take a healthy responsibility for yourself. But we're called to live in community so you don't carry your burdens on your own. And that was right from the start the way it was intended to be. How on earth did they care for potentially 50,000 people? Well, Acts 5.42 says they met day after day in the temple courts, large, and that could apparently house up to 50,000 people, pretty big temple court, and house to house. So they met together house to house. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, and uh, they, that surrounded, that was uh, around the gospel, as I said. Acts 20.20 20 says... Paul taught in public and from house to house. Romans 16, 5, Paul greets the church that is meeting in a house. So we really want to commit to, yes, we want the big corporate Sundays, and we want that to get bigger and bigger, obviously. We want to have an impact in this town. But we know that our impact isn't just going to come through a Sunday meeting. It's going to come through the people of God doing what God has called them to do in community. Small groups make a big community small enough to enable a large church to meet the needs of individuals. If you think about the feeding of the 5,000, I don't know if many of you know that story. I'm sure lots of us do. Jesus, uh, he had, had 5,000 men, again, so maybe 15,000 people, potentially. And they were all hungry. They had no food. And the only thing that he had to feed them with was a few loaves of bread and a, f- and a few fishes. And he made it uh, actually go. He, he said, okay, go and use this. And distribute it to his disciples. And at the end they had 12 baskets left. It was an incredible miracle. But one thing he said to them, to the disciples was, don't just go and give this out. Get them to sit down in groups of 50. So he said, look, you've got thousands of people here. Get them into groups. It's much easier to care for 49 other people and distribute easily than it is to somehow care for 5,000, 10,000 people. And this may well have been something that the, the disciples recalled when they said, let's meet in groups. Because we know we all face battles, we all face tough times. We talked about this morning, so helpful, I think. We don't want to create a culture where we fake it. I know it's so easy, you could be on the way to church fighting with your spouse in the car or shouting at your kids or, or even crying and then someone says, hey, how's your week? Yeah, good, thanks. And you sit down and you think, if only they knew. That's the reality for lots of us. But we really want to make sure... That doesn't continue in this church. The beginning of our passage today, it said they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. There's a little point in there for us. I can't devote you. Only you can devote yourself. Nobody else can devote you. Devote yourself to the community. No one else can commit you. Commit yourself to the community, to the teaching, to what we just sang, the truth to the breaking of bread, to the gospel. Commit yourself, devote yourself. And that's what we endeavor to do here at Hope Church. And that's really where we're coming on to some news today. Uh, we're going to, as, as, as I felt was so helpful for Anna brought, is that God, I feel, wants to shape our vision in a slightly new way. Wants to help us to be outward looking. And uh, the most obvious way that we encourage community here is through our midweek groups. Through these small groups, we say, yeah, let's be a community of friends, of groups who meet up during the week, not just Sunday to Sunday. We have goals for our small groups. The the banner of the goals for our small groups would be growth. We want to grow together. We want to grow. We want to help you grow. And for each small group, there are three small 
But there are three goals. One, make friends. Two, connect people to the life of the church. Get involved in Hope Church. Get stuck in with what God's doing through us. I want to help you to do that through your midweek groups. And the third one, let's help each other grow in faith. Simple goals for our midweek groups. And I thought now would be a great opportunity, and I hope I don't embarrass anybody here too much, but if you're a small group leader and you have a little bit of a courage, would you just stand for us? Would you stand? I really want to applaud and thank our small group leaders. Let's thank these guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. You can sit. I just want to honor them. These guys give of their time. They give of their money. They email. They phone. They think they've planned an evening and then two people turn up. These sorts of things happen. And these guys are committed. Some of them have been leading groups for years. And they're committed to this. They're committed to this church. And we need to honor that and thank them. I know that some of you love your small groups. Many of you here won't be in small groups. And you may be a guest today and you may think, this is over my head a little bit. It really isn't. I really want you to know what is available to you at this church. So this this, this includes you if if you'd call yourself a visitor here today. Some of you, you love your groups. You get there early. Maybe you stay late. (laughs) Small group leaders laughing there. You offer to help. You look forward to going. Many of you maybe find small groups difficult and unnatural. Sometimes you feel, I, I really should go. I haven't been for three weeks. Maybe I, I should go. Not Rather than I really want to, you're thinking, I don't really want to. I'm exhausted. It's another thing on my diary to do. If you recognize this in yourself, think about how your leaders might feel. Again and again, I've got ten people coming in half an hour, and I am shattered I've had a tough week. I've had a row with my boss or, my, or someone said something horrible to me. Or, and I've, I've got to love people. So, so just think about how this is for us as a community. And I don't mean to be negative, but just to be real that it's not always totally suiting where we are in life. And that's not unhealthy sometimes. We need to get out of our comfort zones. But we do want to work this in a way that really serves us. We've been doing some research and studying the best way forward as a church who love each other and community. And our research shows some of the things we do currently in small group in the style are quite unnerving and baffling, especially to new believers and unchurched people. I mean, some of you, like I said, may find it a bit baffling yourself. But imagine someone who's never been to church before. Think about it. We welcome many people who don't have a history of church, let alone our church. Then we ask them to come to a midweek group at a stranger's house so they can sing songs in someone else's room open up about the intimate details of their life, and pray with people they've barely met. On top of that, we're asking them to join something that has no definite end date. Just read this little quote to you here. So often in our separate Christian bubble, we ask people to do things that they would never be comfortable doing in other areas of their lives. For instance, we ask them to sign up for groups that have no definite end date. Imagine if you wanted to take an evening course at a local college starting in the autumn, but no one could tell you when the term would end. In fact, they seem to think it might go on indefinitely. It makes no sense. But that's exactly what most churches are doing with small groups. So many of us are asking people to commit to something that has no end in sight. That is intimidating, unnatural, and unrealistic. And the truth is, most people won't do it. 
So that is some of the research that we've been looking at. And like I say, I don't want to be negative about what we're doing. I think we've seen real success. And many of you love your groups. I don't want to bring it down. I just want to say, okay, let's look at other ways to broaden this. Maybe, as we've heard today, just change our vision a little bit. So we're embarking on an adventure together at Hope Church because we can do community, I think, in a way that serves you a bit better. It includes bringing our current groups to an end in the next three months. We want to help give more opportunity for life together. As I said earlier, we want to be a church of small groups, not a church with small groups. We're going to call these groups life groups simply because of the emphasis on encouraging attitude of life together. The two main characteristics will be the noticeable, that are noticeable will be these groups will be time-bound and will vary in what they consist of. Okay, I'm going to explain that now. So there's, here's a written definition for you. Interest time-bound groups are designed to encourage church members and attenders to live out the church vision in a variety of groups that are enjoyable and helpful to a wide range of people. They are time-bound in that they usually run through 10 to 12 weeks with four to six-week break between terms. They are varied in content, content, with most churches offering a number of groups within a number of categories. So we're going to look at the two characteristics that I said will be most notable, noticeable for us. One is that they are varied in content. Okay, what does that mean? It means that we'll have groups that will continue to focus on the teaching from Sunday, We'll have groups that will go through Christian books together. We'll also have groups that will meet through activities that may make connections through shared interests. So you may think, actually, I'd like to go to a certain group because I like that activity and I would like to meet other people who enjoy that activity. It also means that where before we may have had to contend with life groups running at the same time as things like Alpha or Word Plus, we can now run those as life groups. And do them much more justice. On top of that, we will have groups that are able to have a much more outward-looking stance. Okay, I'll come on to explain the categories and what we're looking at in just a moment. But I want you to think of this analogy of a swimmer. If you are a swimmer and you have never swum before, it's not good to be chucked in at the deep end. For a swimmer, the shallow end of the pool is where you want to start. But it's not where you want to stay. You want to get confidence there. You want to understand. You want, you want someone to walk with your hand, maybe, into a slightly deeper area to learn how to be in community. Okay, I'm going back to small group now. And then learn what it means to be a Christian. And get into the deep end where actually you could end up swimming in storms and you'd be okay. That's really what we're looking at here is uh, not maybe being shallow. You may think, what? We're just doing activities together. Isn't that a bit shallow? Well, actually, for some people... That's as deep as it gets for them at the moment because they just want to learn about what it is to be with Christians. What are these Christians like? We want to invite them to things that is easy to invite them to. My experience would be that growing up in church, uh, the, the, the friends I actually still have and that I phone and even maybe when I'm heartbroken over something or really going through a difficult time, I email and phone guys that I knew from my church football team. That's just how true it is for me. It it didn't mean it was shallow. I've got friends that I actually talk about deep uh, things with and really share life with that I met through an activity. And you may know a similar thing. So we've taglined this doing life together, finding life together. Life groups, doing life together, 
but finding life together. Not just having a laugh together, finding life in Jesus together, pushing through to the deep end of the pool together. So I want to explain a little bit more about these categories. What kind of things am I talking about? We're going to have things like interest-based groups, activities, common interests, sports, crafts, hobbies, and skills. They're often mission-minded because they're easy to invite people to. They're unthreatening. You can just say, would you like to come to my badminton group or something to a friend? Come and meet some of my Christian friends. We'll also have uh, equipping category where you learn more about God and Christian life, maybe through a course or a book. We'll have maybe ones called in the deeper category, maybe people who want to worship together. They want to pray and seek God's presence together. Ones that might come under the category reach, social action projects, outreach, mission, youth and kids categories, serving teams, Sunday teams, worship team, drama, kids, production, etc. And Sunday teaching, the types of groups that we have now will continue. That will be, some churches call them food and faith. Come, let's have a meal together, look at the teaching from Sunday, and let's push into life in Jesus together. There's lots of benefits of these types of groups. Let me just give you some of the, a few of them. We feel, well, research shows that you connect more people in these types of groups. Because one of the things is that they're time-bound. You go for 10 to 12 weeks, and then you can look at, which I'll show you in just a moment, a menu that we will put together for you and say, this is what's on offer. And then you can choose, well, I'd like to try that next month. And then you'll meet different people in different groups. And there will be an ability to connect with more people. It could serve you in your particular phase of life. So you might say, because these are, these are offered to you on different days of the week, different times, maybe at the moment I've got young kids. I'd like to go to a Saturday morning group where parents with young kids would like to meet together and just do life together, enjoy each other's uh, presence and chat, get to know each other a bit. And that might serve you if you're someone who says, yeah, I, actually, I can never get to a group because I'm always working in the evenings. Or daytime groups or mother's groups that can meet at other times. It serves people's personality types. I'm quite an introvert. I'd like to go to a, a group where we're focused on a book. So we're looking at something else. <laughs> so we're not focused on ourselves or on me. I, I, or maybe you're an extrovert. You think, I'd just love to get to a, a socially kind of sport one so that I can get around and meet new people and connect people and invite people. Maybe you are an, you're actually an evangelist. You think, I'd love to get to a group where I can just bring loads of people from work or whatever and just say, come meet some of my friends. So it can serve personality types and gifts. And it could create more leaders. Some of you will think, I, could, I don't think I'm a leader because I don't know lots of theology. I don't really know uh, the answers to life. I can't be a leader. Well, this, this it shows you that's not what a leader is. A leader is someone who can gather people. And so maybe you think, I can't really maybe lead a Bible study, but I could do maybe a knitting class and, and meet with people or a, or a cooking class and, and, and enjoy people's company together and just, and just be with people. Some of you might even get your juices flowing now, which is great. The ownership will go up with this because people will be choosing. I choose to do this for 10 to 12 weeks. I, I want to do this. This is something that will suit my life rather than thinking I've been doing this now for two years and I'm, I feel a bit stale here. And that may, there, there are exceptions to that. You may have been in your group for three or four years and think, I love it. So I don't want to, again, be, uh, be, be mean-hearted towards groups that, are, that love, love their group. I'm just saying some of you may love the chance to choose 
a particular group. They will be offered every day of the week, possibly. So you might think, I could do a Monday night group, because I always have Monday nights free. Well, we can offer Monday night groups. We will, we will endeavor to make a, a menu like this, which I'll show on the screen in just a moment, that will show you different types of groups on different days of the week. How are we doing for time? Not long. Actually, I'll look at a menu now. So we've got some of the screen, if you can read, and they're very small, I think. Okay, so the thing here is, is a church in London uh, called Catford, and this is, one, this is a part of their Monday menu. I think they've got seven, but I couldn't fit it on the screen. You can sign up online, and it will just tell you quickly, what is this offering, and where is it, what time is it, who's running it, um, and then a brief description of what it is. Okay, so you've got kids group there. You've got knit and natter at the bottom, which is full. See, they clicked on the button. That one's now full. Um, and the left at the bottom, this, is a, this sociable group will meet to discuss the preach, spend time praying and chatting together. So very much similar to what we already do, but you can choose to do it for a term. Okay, should we just go to the next one because there are a few other ideas? Tuesday, they've got uh, other ideas there. Worship bands, the bottom left. Parents, carers and toddlers, top left. Origins group on the right. And next page, please. Okay, here we've got, we can do Alpha actually as a group. People can invest in that. And then on the right, there's one called New Life, where you discuss the key themes for effective Christian growth, a good follow-on from Alpha. You should help people in their early years of being a Christian. We can really serve people well like this. I think that there's another uh, few pages that's from a different church. You do this. Monday, road cycling. For men, summer is a great time to get some miles on your road bike. In this group, we will aim towards a two-day, 150-mile cycling adventure. We will use the Strava app to help with our training and meet weekly to discuss the applications of the Sunday preach as well as how our training is progressing. No limit. That is saying that as many people as you want can come. There is a limit on the cycling by the looks of it. 150 miles, big limit. Okay, uh, food and faith is on the right there. Hearing from God, art journaling. Okay, could we just go to, where's one more page, I think, thanks. Um, there's a few different ones there. Motorbike, small group, top right. Cruising around the Sussex countryside on a motorbike, taking in the views and maybe having the odd, odd beverage. <laughs> um, Jazz in the city. So we've got all oh, theology of C.S. Lewis looks fun. There won't be a Sunday that goes by without C.S. Lewis being quoted from a pulpit somewhere in England. But what did he actually think? Let's explore Lewis's theology using mere Christianity, which is a book, as our guide and dipping into many other works. No limit. Okay, so it says who runs it and it says where it is and what time. So we will hope to produce uh, uh, what they call menus like this ourselves. Okay. I just want you to let you know that we already have groups like this happening at our church. On Thursday evenings, we have a Zumba group that meets here. And I've been told that there are women that have gone to that, which have come through on Sundays and uh, have enjoyed the, that they already know some people from the Thursday night group. We have book groups. My wife runs a book group with uh, half a dozen uh, newly married ladies just to help them go through a book that equips them for marriage. There's a badminton group on a Thursday night. There is a, uh, a small group that meets on the, in the daytime on Thursdays as a group of ladies that Anne South runs. There are mums and tots groups uh, throughout the week uh, here that are these types of groups that we can look to uh, call actual small groups or, or life groups, excuse me. 
And as well as this, people have already excitedly told me that they've got ideas of their own. We've got somebody said, I've got an idea for a family at the farm on Saturdays. Somebody's got the idea of doing fishing together, going through a book of the Bible together, running together. Okay, so this is what that category is, looking at different, uh, different categories, variety of things to do. But we do want to travel from the shallow end in some ways to the deep end. So it's not just um, play around, splashing around at the shallow end, but that we would encourage people to meet God, meet each other, and move forward together. Second thing we want to look at quickly is time-bound. What does time-bound mean? Well, it means that each group will run for 10 to 12 weeks, running roughly in line with our national school term times, which in itself will serve you. This largely happens anyway. Okay, so you may think, well, that's a new thing. Well, actually, most of your groups will slow down and stop over Christmas. They'll slow down and stop over the summer. Uh, maybe even half terms, you'll, most, lots of you will say, well, we're away this week, and you'll say, let's have a week off. So that sort of thing's happening a little bit anyway. But the difference with this will be that many of the groups will not continue after the breaks. They'll say, we're going to do this for a term, and then you'll look at a different group. It may just be one term long. Some of them won't be. They'll say, let's continue this. Let's go again. Let's try this again. And people will love this and say, I want to do that again next term. Okay? What we're going to ask is that every person, whether you're a member of Hope or not, would sign up to a group. As we saw in there, there was a button to click and say, I want to sign up on this. Um, depending on the type of group, there may only be a limited number of spaces. I mean, if you think about it, I want to run a book group. I've only got space for eight people in my living room, so I'm not going to say this is open to 20 people. So we may have people that will say, this is a group for this certain amount of number, and uh, the first come, first served. It creates options every term. What would I like to do? What have I got time for? Who could I invite or go with? Maybe... I'd like to do an alpha because I'd like to take my friend with me. What day of the week am I available? Maybe I would like to run one or my family would like to run one. Okay? So these are questions that, we, that can go through and you can, you can help, it can give you more options. Here are seven advantages of this time-bound nature. One is that there's a clear beginning and end date. You can invite somebody and commit a lot easier to, with something that has a clear end date and beginning date. Number two, it's easier for people to make a short-term commitment. I know how long I can commit to this, rather than, as we said, this may never end, this group. I don't know if I can commit to that or not. Number three, it allows time for groups uh, promotion and sign-ups. So uh, there's a breathing space between, there's recouping time, as well as saying, what would I like to do next term? Uh, Let me look at the menu. Let me get uh, excited about what we can do next term. It's easier for people, number four, to get into a group when everyone is starting at the same time. Imagine being a guest and you think, I only go into this group where they all know each other and I've barely even been to church. Well, this way we can say, there's going to be a group starting in, all our groups start again in four weeks' time and you can say that to a guest and they can get excited about, uh, okay, I'm going to look at the menu and think about what I might like to do and everyone else will be starting that group at the same time. As I said before, more groups, options, new topics offered each term. That's part of the time-bound thing, is that we think, okay, I've done 12 weeks, I'd maybe like to look at something else. Number six, matches the academic calendar year. As I said before, that will actually serve you and help you. When you get to the end of the summer, because of the way we've grown up in England, or maybe even different countries with our academic year, we tend to start to think, 
I'm ready for the new year. I'm going to run into the new year. I've had a summer holiday or whatever. I'm going for it. And this will serve you in that. It will come alongside the academic year. And number seven, it allows for the growth that comes through cycles of stress and release. Now, if you think of a bodybuilder, a bodybuilder doesn't just work, 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 because at some point they burn out. Okay, but what we actually do is we have a time where we can really invest in what we're learning and what we're doing and say, yeah, I'm, I'm putting into this book with my group and I'm really going for it. And then I'm going to have four weeks off. And then next time, okay, I'm going to invest in something else. And the, the stress release will actually encourage our growth, encourage our strength as we go forward. Okay, the next steps for us then. But before we get there, there must be a few questions. And I thought that some of you might have these simple questions that we're just trying to answer now. How do you, you may think, how do you expect us to grow intimate friendships in 10 to 12 weeks? Okay, the answer is I don't. We are, we're fostering an environment where people get to meet new people and make new friends. Enjoy, enjoying those new friendships enough that maybe they'll click with people who they would meet outside a group and, and, and invite over to their friend and, and actually push into life together with. We don't tend to unload very intimately to our groups. We go to our friends. Okay, if I have a, a disaster, a calamity in my household, I, don't, I don't, wouldn't usually phone my small group leader. I would phone that friend that I'm very close to. Okay, so we just want to encourage more friendships, and that is, that's the answer for that one. We, we, we think that actually, I don't mean to be rude again here, but forced intimacy in the current style is not really a, a win. It's difficult to force intimacy. You want to meet more people and think, oh, who, do I, who have I clicked with here? Who do I make friends with? Okay, uh, the next one. How do we care for people seriously who are going through real storms in such short time or in this style? Well, first of all, we'll have groups that will be intended to do exactly that. We'll have groups that will be focused on pastoral care. Things like, if you've heard of them before, Freedom in Christ or something called a redemption group, where we will walk people through, this is how God answers and helps you to have answers for maybe your depression or your anxiety or your anger issues or whatever it might be. We want to help you by going through things particularly and specifically with us. You just come for one term. The other thing is that we're training and expanding our pastoral care team. We want to have a clear structure so that group leaders know I know who to refer this person to. If something comes up in my group, I know. I can say, why don't you go uh, and talk to the, or I can talk to the pastoral care team for you and talk to the elders. We can uh, refer you to things externally that we trust, Christian counselors, etc. Maybe some of you are thinking, I love my group as it is. Well, I'd say, fantastic. Why don't you chat in your group about what you might do together going forward with this new style? That way, people can opt out if they want to without anyone getting upset, and others that you haven't got in your group now could opt in if they want to. We don't want to have groups that are shut walls. And what about our monthly prayer and vision evenings? We'll probably do two at the end of each term. Okay, so in between terms, we'll meet as a church together and pray together. So just to finish off here, what next? Well, first we'll get your imaginations going and pray about your ideas. Think about it, pray about it. What can I do? What's open to me? The lights are coming on. The ideas are flooding in. <laughs> Next is email me. Email into the office. Phone the office. We can give you the email address. Um, and then we will take it from there. There will be some criteria that we'll ask you uh, to meet if you want to lead a group. But we'll take that as it comes. Uh, we're going to aim for about 20 groups in our first menu. 
So we'll no doubt have to turn some of the ideas down, uh, but they could always be used in future terms. That's the beauty of it as well. Uh, you, can, you can use your idea and run with it in another term possibly. We have got a vision in this church for 50 groups. 50 groups. We won't start there, but imagine little fires of life growing throughout Ipswich, of community, people enjoying time together, growing together, inviting others in, and growing in size as fires start off in Ipswich. Spiritual fires. I just say to you, get excited about this. Pray about it. Pray for us as a church. Pray that God will help us to really hit this well and hit the ground running with it. Okay? So, Thank you for listening. It's, 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 it's a bit of a different talk today because we're trying to uh, go through this. But I'm excited about this. Are you excited about it? Yeah. Good. That's a great answer. So let's just pray to finish off here. And then we're going to um, let other people come in for the next meeting. Uh, Lord, we just thank you so much that you have got plans for this church. You've got plans for the people of Ipswich. Lord, there are thousands of people who you want to love and serve and, and, and save. And we want to be part of that. We thank you that you've got that for us, Lord. I do pray that as Anna brought that word, that maybe part of this new vision would be that we would look outward and say, how can we bring many, many more people in uh, to this, this place where you wash us clean and you serve us and you save us, Lord. Help us to do this well. Help us as we have to do all of the uh, uh, admin for this and get it right. Help us to communicate well and help us to be excited about this as a church. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Hope Church Ipswich. Please feel free to make a copy of this content, but please do not edit the content in any way.